listening to The Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast for an hour every Monday covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market-related information. You can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. And now, your hosts, Jamie Cass and Mike Reed. All right. Hey, hey. Hey, it's not pot. <laughs> pot. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Where's pot? Where's pot? <laughs> I need, I need pot. How yeah. many times have I said that in my life? I know we're we're potless this week. God, that's just a <laughs> testament to how much that sucks. Yeah, it does Whoa. suck. It sucks in <laughs> more ways than one, huh? So yeah, our uh, our much beloved pot green is not with us today. Um, he is uh, hopefully there's a pot. I, I, I hear the on the rumor mill there's a possibility. That uh, he may contact us via phone. Uh, yeah, if he has a moment, he's going to call in while we're doing the recording. So uh, we'll just talk to him about whatever we happen to be discussing at the time. Sounds great. Well, yeah. welcome, everybody. Welcome, Cannabis Planet, back to uh, the Cannabis Agenda. This is episode 43. Um, wow. Up. You betcha. Yep. Hope everybody's having a great time on their holiday. Um, you know, regardless of your beliefs, I know there's this huge national argument about uh, my religion is bigger than your religion and all these different things that, that, you know, have nothing to do with the fact that holidays are about, you know, taking a little breather and uh, going over to somebody that you care about and making sure, you know, that you let them know, you know, you really, it's really, I really feel fortunate to have somebody like you in my life. Um, I'm really glad to be here, you know, things like that, that really kind of don't necessarily have to have anything to do with any particular religion or any religion at all if so if you so choose. So we just want to take a minute here from the cannabis agenda and on behalf of Pot Green as well to wish everybody a a, a wonderful holiday uh season. Um happy solstice. I think uh isn't there going to be a huge lunar eclipse on the solstice? Have yeah, I think there is tonight, huh? Uh-huh. So check that out. That should yeah. be pretty cool. It's starting the full it's starting the solstice with a lunar eclipse. Um, I know there's got to be some kind of belief system somewhere that's tripping out on that. <laughs> but, uh, cool. yeah, our, be- yeah. our belief system here has to do with, in part, <laughs> uh, cannabis policy changes. Yeah, what what's we, going on? What do we do here? This is the cannabis agenda. This is activistainment. You know, we're, uh, we're the pioneers in activistainment, I believe. Um, at least I came <laughs> up with that word, so I'm really stoked about that part. Um, what we do is talk about Everything cannabis related. Um, we aggregate news stories so that we feel are relevant or important on a national or international basis. Um, we dissect them. We try to uh, deconstruct and, and, and argue about them if, if necessary. Um, sometimes we're in full agreement. Sometimes we're in stark disagreement. <laughs> it just depends on the issue and it depends on what's going on at the moment. We, um, we usually we, tend to the side of agreement, though, I, I'd say. I think mostly so. Um, do, do primarily the fact um, of, which we always like to tell, make sure we inform people of, uh, the fact that we are uh, unanimously um, pretty much pro-cannabis <gasps> uh, in just about no. any way possible. Did no. I overstate that? No, <laughs> not did you say the pro girl scream, pro the girl scream sound insert there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's what we do here. Um, we we love to interact with our with our listeners. Actually, our show is set up in a way to where it benefits greatly from uh, listener interaction. So we always encourage everyone, and that's just that's not just uh, United States or even North American listeners, but anywhere around the planet that happens to be an earshot of our audio program, we uh, would absolutely love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what is going on with cannabis policy in your neck of the woods as well. Um, 
So if if people want to get all of us, how do they do that? Okay, uh, so we got we got a lot of lot of ways people can do this, and this is this is Pot's normal deal. So I'll do my best. Uh, we we got a website at cannabisagenda.com. You can also Google Cannabis Agenda or The Cannabis Agenda. Uh, and you can email us at info at cannabisagenda.com. Um, if there's anyone out there who would like to call us and leave a message, we'll play it on the show. Uh, they can do so at 707-654-CAN-CANN. Uh, we're also on iTunes. You can search for Cannabis Agenda. Uh, and if you happen to subscribe there, it'd be great if you left a review for us as well because uh, that helps uh, it helps our placement and listings and sure, stuff like do. that. Uh, we're also on Twitter and Facebook and the links are from the web. You can find the links on our website. Um, also, uh, do you know, have you ever heard of Miro? It sounds familiar, but I'm not really sure what that is. What is that? Okay. So they've been around for a while. It's, um, I think it's getmiro.com or .org. I forget right now, but it's a, it's an open source video player and they do audio too. So it's like, it's kind of like iTunes, but it does video and audio and you can subscribe to feeds. And they have thousands of these feeds that you can subscribe to um, on all sorts of topics. Uh, And it's a lot of independent video, people producing it themselves uh, a lot of the times, um, and audio too. Uh, So um, we are now listed in the Miro directory. Um, Very cool. Yeah, which means that anyone that's using Miro and searches for cannabis, they might might stumble across our show. And uh, if anyone out there is interested in Miro, it's it's a cool tool and you can find some interesting programming on there. So check it out. Also, very nice. Also, you ever heard of the Boxy Box? I've not. Yeah, this is what okay. Is- so, Boxy is this video software, and there's a Boxy Box now, and it's basically like a media player for your television. Uh huh. But you can subscribe to the Cannabis Agenda on the Boxy Box. Oh. So, so like just clicking through on your television, you can go and listen to our episodes like from your television. It's pretty cool. Whoa. Yeah. So oh, that's very cool. So you can find instructions for doing that on our website as well. That's awesome. Thanks for digging this stuff up for us, man. It's a great thing, man. You're, you're uh, an invaluable technical uh, contributor to our program, sir. Well, I try. How do you feel about that? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? And, and total honesty, I haven't heard of – I thought I'd heard of Miro, but I went to the site just now, and I didn't look familiar whatsoever, but that could have been updated. And Boxy, that's totally new to me, so we're, getting, we're learning all kind of new stuff here. Boxy is it's, it's kind of cool. It's also open source software, um, but they just partnered with uh, D-Link, you know, the router mm-hmm. company. Oh, yeah, I know them. And they came out with this. It's a little – it's a tiny little box. It was a lot smaller than I expected it to be, but it's like a cube, and it's got a corner cut off. It looks, it looks pretty cool. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you connect it to your internet and to your television, and it allows you to watch a video from thousands of places online on your, on your television in your living room. Sweet. Cool. Pretty, pretty and that'll be on cool. our site. Yeah, that'll be on the so, site. Uh, oh, so I'm assuming that, uh, as usual, if you're hearing this um, uh, through our voices, then it's, it's accessible right now on the Cannabis Agenda site. You got it. Cannabisagenda.com. Always improving for your listening pleasure. Hey, Jamie, uh, what, do we, what do we got on the show today? Yeah, sounds like we have a great show today. Um, there's a lot of good stuff going on, some stuff going on in the Fed. Um, I guess initially we're going to, uh, we always try to share some uh, email stuff with people. Got a little bit of that going on today, as usual. That's good stuff. Um, tell people how to get a hold of us and interact, as usual. But the National Spylight's got some really good stuff, I think. Um, there's a new report that was released from NIDA that uh, said that Fed, or the Fed say that uh, teen drug use is up in certain areas and binge drinking is down. I don't know how bad news this is totally. It's not, it's not 
all bad, I'll tell you that much, but uh, certainly not all good as well. We'll talk about that and a couple of other things going on in the national spotlight this week. In California, San Jose uh, may very well be the target of the next anti-cannabis measures in the state of California. You know, they started out, I think, around uh, San Francisco area, went down to L.A. Now they're coming back up and uh, focusing on San Jose. I hope that doesn't work out that way, but it looks like it might be developing in that direction. Um, Cannabis etiquette, we'll love to continue on with our new uh, feature uh, or segment, um, Cannabis Etiquette and Cannabis Culture. Um, We're going to talk about your spit today, so that should be an interesting conversation. (laughs) Um, Topics worth barely uh, any of our time. Um, Very funny. You wrote those. You wrote the news department at KTLA a letter talking about (laughs) asking about their nutmeg story. I did. Yeah. That was pretty funny. We'll talk about that a little bit more. Uh, marijuana um, is found growing on Facebook. I know you're interested in what that's about. Stay tuned, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, why the fight for truth about cannabis must continue. This is an unusually uh, very extremely biased story against cannabis from the Christian Science Monitor. Not used to seeing those, but this certainly is irrefutably one of them. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit more in depthly. Ingenious program that they created at the University of Maryland Medical Center um, – um, it it predicts decisions that your children are making about cannabis use. So how uh, that works, oh, good. I have no idea. Robotic parenting, after, huh? Right. I think after we discuss this one, we'll still be going, huh? <laughs> so uh, stay tuned for that. East Coast, a uh, few things going on. Mer- Maine, uh, the state of Maine, we, we talk positively about them now and then. They are continuing to uh, push forward and uh, preparing to release their rules about their dispensaries in that state. Also, um, a really good write-up. It's kind of a lengthy story, so I, we, we likely won't go into it very in-depthly, um, the story itself. We'll just leave that up there for you. But, but this write-up is, say, is questioning, might New England be the next big pot push, similarly as how the, to how the West Coast was initially, um, and still is, of course. But uh, so that's interesting. Um, another new segment. We have uh, actually three new segments that we're working on um, currently. This is another one in the "You Have Got to Be Kidding Me" segment. Uh, we're going to talk about K two. You know what that is, right? <laughs> Wait, is it is it synthetic marijuana? <laughs> no, <laughs> but it's, but it's reputed to be on a on an ongoing basis. <laughs> Um, I think they'll probably mention that about 25 times in this story as they do in every story. But uh, no, it's not actually synthetic marijuana, but it's being it's it plays one on TV. <laughs> it plays it plays one in the market. Yeah. So uh, uh, first it was K2. Now there's a new one. And I bet you can't guess what it's going to be. We'll talk about that a little bit more, too. So stay tuned to us. Uh, another new one, the last new segment that we're working on right now, the third one is uh, it's called Activism Spotlight. And like I was uh, talking in our discussion earlier, you know, really, this isn't a whole new new radical content distribution, you know, or anything like that. What, what we're doing is study, stories we would have had anywhere that would have typically went to the Fed or you know, some other uh, segment area. Um, we've we decided if it's if it's national, then it's exclusively you know particularly activist based. Then we'll uh, we should put it in one place. Um, Cogs, I believe this was your idea. Another genius idea. Thanks for bringing your brilliance in a consistent manner. Activism spotlight is what we're calling it. We have three very important national level activism stories um, this week. So definitely pay attention to those. Um, um, let me see. Brandy Zink is going to talk about Michigan on, I believe, next episode or the episode after that. So I want to take this opportunity to mention that um, we, we were hoping to get her on this week, but she went to Kushkan 2. Can you believe it? Oh, I'm so jealous. Lucky but woman. I just, 
I talked to her there a couple of times. She was having a blast. She said it was phenomenal. Go to kushkantu.com uh, and check out their website. You can get the schedule and stuff and uh, try not to be like frustrated and going, I can't believe I missed that. I dare you. Um, we're going to talk about Kushkantu a little bit more. We got a little clip we'll play. Uh, talk about their attendance. Phenomenal attendance. Fantastic stuff. In the Southwest, Arizona, um, the marijuana business is appealing to Arizona uh, entrepreneurs. I don't know. Um, business always appeals to entrepreneurs. Um, they just evidently didn't know about the can of business and how much power there is, uh, in, uh, monetizing it. Um, so they're, they're excited about that. Play a little clip for you. New, New Mexico. We uh, talk about New Mexico a lot, trying to shore up their, their, uh, rules and how they, you know, try to get a little bit more growers. They never had enough to provide enough cannabis for their patients, which was an obvious problem. They're fixing that. Talk about that. And we'll go out to uh, Illinois. It just happened to be the last story of the day. Um, but, you know, in Illinois, there's a big family. A whole family was arrested for a, a, a grow over there. Um, so we mentioned that. Um, Merry Christmas to those guys. Yeah, bummer. Uh-huh. Yep. And that's what we got going on in this agenda. I think we'll have a pretty funny uh, little clip for the end. So stick around for that. Um, interesting stuff. Yeah. And I believe that's, that's the, that's the precursor to an amazing episode. Very nice. What kind of, uh, let's start with emails. Why don't we? I think that's pretty much standard operating procedure. Um, as if we have that, as if that exists at the Canvas. <laughs> hey, but, it's uh, organic. Somewhat. You betcha. You betcha. We got a, we got an email from Staley, our friend Staley up in uh, Washington area, Washington state. Yeah. Thanks Staley. He's always sending good stuff. Yeah, yeah, he is, he is, he is. He, he chimed in on a couple of the questions we were asking or things we were talking about um, on last episode, on episode 42. Um, he said, uh, "What I think Pot asked, uh, brought up the, the question of what, do you, what is it about people? Some people say they don't get high the first time they ingest cannabis. Right. And we discussed that a little bit, whether we think that's even true or why do we think it happens if that's the case? Well, I mean, or, it's, it's true that some people say that, right? Yeah, that's absolutely true. So unless they're like lying, which I mean, I don't, I don't think anyone's lying about that. So why, right. why is that the case then, right? Why don't some people get high the first time they smoke? Well, I personally am not really sure. Yeah, we, that's uh, what we came to, huh? As our conclusion, we got to do some more. I don't even know if we can figure that out through science yet, but... But uh, Staley writes his opinion. He thinks that he says basically when you first smoke or inhale cannabis, your endocannabinoid receptors might not be that numerous. So your body has no real way of getting high the first time. But once you have inhaled cannabis, your body makes more endocannabinoid receptors to take up the enhanced cannabinoid amounts via the cannabis. You will then get high. Huh. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. Huh. So well, honestly. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, honestly, I I don't know that that's not true, but I don't, it doesn't feel like that's true to me. Yeah. Gonna, we're going to find that out. We don't have any data look. to back this up, but I, I do know a way of testing for that, I think. You do? Yeah. You find someone who's never smoked or who, who ever, who's never ingested pot for the first time, right? Right. And you feed it to them. Ah. Because then you'll know that it's not a smoking problem, Right. It's not that right. they, they don't know how to take in the smoke or they're not holding it in for long enough or, you know, however that might work out. They're, they're definitely ingesting it then. 
Sure. And then you and see don't if start they get them high. on some sort of a monster like yeah. Lights number five times haze, or you might ruin their opinion of cannabis for the rest of their life. <laughs> True that. <laughs> I was hugging a, a flagpole for three hours <laughs> from the top. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Might not be a good uh good <laughs> good first experience. Well, thank you, Staley, for writing in that comment anyway. Yeah, really he- appreciate the what were you saying? <laughs> I was going to say he also suggested a, a few topics for our, our new cannabis etiquette section or whatever we're going to call it. You're right. He did. He did. We'll have those a little bit later on in the show, won't we? That's yeah. a good. I like that section. What do you think about that? Yeah, one? no, I, I like it, too. I, I, I think it'll be a popular one. Good. Pretty cool stuff. All right. Well, moving on, we're going to get into the national spotlight. I think we're going to start off with this one this time because this seems to be the biggest story of the week. Um, the This the new NIDA report uh, just released recently. Um, they're monitoring the future survey, it's called, and uh, it showed an increase, uh, increases in ecstasy use and cannabis use and uh, high, a continued high level of prescri- pres- prescription drug abuse. I'm sorry, <laughs> say that five times really fast. By teens, um, huh? Yeah, by teens, by teens. And uh, interestingly enough, um, Binge drinking is down. So I'm trying to I'm trying to wade through all this information and kind of assess what's really the and I think it's gonna take some uh, maybe even a few weeks to really sink into where it to for me personally anyway, to sink into where I get a better idea of where I fe- how I feel about this. But on its face so far, I just don't really see how negative it is beyond the fact that these are these are young, young people. But I mean, if if they're talking exclusively about this demographic, this age group, and they're saying that binge drinking was a was a initially a bigger problem and it's gotten better, then I think that you know more teens uh, experimenting with cannabis might not be a wonderful thing, but it's far preferable to binge drinking. Yeah, I I, hands down, I have to agree with that. Yeah, if, if kids are binge drinking less, that's that's good news. Yeah. With uh, cannabis use, we have uh, uh, numerous researchers screaming in 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 conjunction with their their federal counterparts <laughs> that uh, cannabis is absolutely horrible for your brain and, and hurts your brain matter. But with with alcohol uh, consumption, we have documented research that's clear as day. It's decades, not really that decades of research. Yeah, that shows without a doubt that it does extensive and permanent damage to your white matter and your brain. So I don't know. It's uh, it's not uh, it's not necessarily all that much bad news. I don't think. You know, but of course. Uh, you know what else uh, kids are picking uh, uh, um, marijuana over? Uh-uh. <laughs> this is a great one too. I think tobacco. Oh, that's a good news. Yeah. yeah, that's good news. That's great news. <laughs> <laughs> well, to- yesterday it killed like twelve hundred and some people. You know, I um, I got a clip for that. Oh, perfect. Let's run it. Hi, Melina DeRose here in the Sun Sentinel newsroom. The latest nationwide numbers show more teens are picking marijuana over cigarettes. About 21% of high school seniors surveyed said they'd smoked marijuana in the last 30 days, outnumbering the 19% who reported smoking regular tobacco. In fact, one in three seniors smoked marijuana this past year. With kids starting as young as eighth grade, experts say the rates of pot smoking will continue to rise. Get more on this health key report at sunsentinel.com slash SFL. There you have it. Wow. It's amazing to me. You know, I mean, you have to consider the age group that they're, they're studying. So, I mean, 
considering that, I can't honestly say that it's altogether good news because I don't. And I, and we've talked about it before, and we've all openly stated it. We, none of us on our in our uh, involved with this uh, audio program um, support in any way. Um, teenagers getting involved with cannabis use. We're not trying to say, hey, go go fire up, it's cool, or any any nonsensical well, you know, kind let, of attitude like that. What about 18 and 19? Well, that's a different thing. I guess okay. I, I generalize too much saying teenagers, you know, is, teenagers uh, but I mean the, teen, the demographic that they're looking at is like mm-hmm. middle school. Uh, and, and high school. I, I mean, what, they were talking about high school seniors in that piece, one in three in the past year. I can speak uh, one, with 100% uh, clarity and certainty from my own perspective in saying that if my child, uh, up to probably the age of about 12 or 13 years old, uh, if I get wind that he's, he's you know involved with using cannabis or something, that would be absolutely, uh, I don't know, a, a stormy day in his life. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I will be zero tolerant for that. Not zero tolerant as far as you have to be careful with things I'm saying today because they have kind of double meanings. Not zero tolerance we know from uh, from uh, the feds, the feds. But I mean zero tolerance as far as this can't happen at all. Period. And I'm not going to like completely destroy your life on a permanent basis because of it. Uh-huh. You know, a little bit of adjustment there where we go. Look, we're not going to do this. But if you do, I'm still going to love you and you're still going to know me as your parent. And we're going to talk together about what's smart and not smart. Oh, and that's, I mean, I mean, that's that's really the issue, right, is is having an, an open and honest dialogue with with your children yeah. about about substances in general. But, you know, marijuana specifically. Absolutely. I mean, how many parents are scared to tell the truth mm-hmm. about these substances? Just just limited to what we do know. What's not getting argued about? I mean, we know for a fact. Like, what is it? It's, I don't know. It hovers somewhere around twelve hundred people a day. I think tobacco kills. So, I mean, wow. do you tell them that? Tell them I don't. I don't want you to. I don't want you to use these things. And this is why. This is why I'm concerned. This is why I care. That open and honest dialogue you're talking about. You know. But do you, in the course of doing that, do you say, "Look, listen. Uh, this isn't good for a lot of reasons, and I'm going to tell you why." But I also have to tell you facts. So you understand that these things, you know, exist, you know, at the same time, it's not, they're not contradict, contradictory to one another. And, and some of the facts include the fact that, that, uh, tobacco kills tons of people mm-hmm. and cannabis doesn't, although you have to understand more about cannabis than just that fact. Yeah. It, because, you know, it doesn't mean that, especially, you know, when, when you're that age, your, your brain and your, you know, your, your processes or your mental faculties are still developing. You're still, you're still learning how to learn. And maybe, maybe you never stop, but, uh, the, the rate at which that is going on, you know, in a 12 year old's head is, sure. is, is, you know, you, you don't want to fuck that up with cannabis. No, nah, it's prime time in the structural yeah. process. For goodness sake. So, you know, any, any young people that might happen to get wind of our program, um, let me just tell you outright, we don't want you to use cannabis because we care about you as people and we don't think that it's a good idea. We think it's a very bad idea for, for young folks to get involved. Um, we're talking about, you know, under 16 years of old, years of age, the, the people that are being uh, studied, the young folks being studied in these types of studies, um, we, we concur with that. What we don't concur with is that your parents should get arrested if you do or that you should be taken to a juvenile facility and have a record. We don't think that um, all of these um, 
results that were, can we call them results? I guess the negative results are results. The, the, the repercussions that we're, we're seeing um, that we've been suffering for years and years due to the drug war, we don't believe that that's the, the, the proper end result. In fact, so there's, a, there's a difference there. There are more, in, in, in a lot of cases, those, those results are, are more harmful than the substances themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're just about educating folks. We want you to encourage you to educate yourselves, you know, and learn about these things. If you're 16 years old, I think you can stand up and say, hey, look, I, I know that I'm underage. I'm a minor and I don't I can't I shouldn't get involved with this. I understand what's going on. I've had open discussions and dialogues. You know, if, if you can handle that information, I don't see anything wrong with uh, young folks standing up and saying, look, we don't believe that this drug war is right. As long as they understand what's going on, that's a different thing. You know, the activist part of it, I don't think that that's necessarily wrong. Um, you know, it gets, it's kind of, it's kind of tricky with kids. You know, I think that that's okay if they hold up a sign that says, stop arresting patients for something that, you know, is not killing people mm -hmm. or something of that nature. I don't think that it, I don't feel it's appropriate when, uh, when kids stand up and have a big sign that says free the weed. <laughs> Why are you 14 saying free the weed? I mean, I get the point. But you know what I mean? Is that, I don't know. What do you think about that? Is well, that cool? I'm, I, honestly, I'd, yeah, if, if a 14-year-old has the political viewpoint that marijuana, you know, uh, uh, um, criminalization is wrong, then I don't have a problem right. with them holding up a billboard or a sign that says that. Like that? It doesn't mean no. that they're smoking. I mean, like, what, what sure. if they're just, you know, involved and, and have an opinion? You know, they're allowed to express that. Um, Thanks, and I think that uh, um, SSDP is going well. Both S SSDP and Normal have have dealt with this in different different ways. Are, you know about this? Uh, um, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, Normal Normal will not allow uh, high school students to organize a chapter of Normal. It's um, mm -hmm. it's they don't allow it um, because I guess uh, their explanation is that you know they don't condone the use of marijuana by uh, minors. Mm -hmm. And I, I honestly don't think that explanation um, serves serves the point. I think SSDP's position, which which I I, I agree more with, uh, mm -hmm. is that you know high school students should be allowed to express their political viewpoints. It's not about getting high necessarily. You know, like it might be, mm -hmm. but but for some people it's not. And right. um, you know, those the, those viewpoints should be allowed to be expressed and and should. Absolutely. I, I guess I don't I don't understand why why normal specifically would would turn down someone you know who's like willing to help the cause regardless of their age. Mm -hmm. um, it's probably a political thing. They don't want they don't want you know their their name associated with um, teenagers organizing for marijuana. That's that's my guess. I just right. don't happen to agree with it. Sure, sure, makes sense. Makes sense for sure. Well, there's one individual that we can, as you can probably imagine, um, has taken this opportunity to stand up and uh, spout his um, immense wisdom about the subject. Uh, and the LA Times has stepped up and told our current drug czar, um, Gil Kurlikowski, um, that he has taken the, the editorials titled One Toke Over the Line. <laughs> and they're saying that uh, Kurlikowski's assertion that Prop 19 is contributing to a rise in teenage marijuana use is unfounded. And what happened was he had, he had blamed this rise in marijuana use mostly on 
on the the current uh, trend of increased uh, talk, open discussion about cannabis. Can you believe that? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You say, well, if these people are talking about pot. That's the problem. It's this medical stuff. Why do we tell them it helps people? Damn it. Damn it. You drug pushers. You're inadvertent drug pushers. So yeah, that's what's going on. And uh, it, it it's amazing the LA Times stepped out with a short editorial and said, look, man, you need to get your facts clear when you're talking to people about an important issue like this, you need to make sure that you don't misrepresent what you're saying. And, you know, there's a, there's a little bit more to it than that, to put it mildly. So well, I'll leave that story is up there. You can take a look at it and see what you think. What do you think about this? Good for them. I'm glad. I'm, it, I mean, it, I guess it doesn't surprise me, but I'm glad that the, yeah. that they, they took the time to, to write an editorial, con, you know, condemning yeah. what this guy is saying. Yeah, kind of browsing over the the mediascape there. I've noticed several different um, pretty decent uh, media outlets that have featured stories that said, "Hey, wait a minute, <laughs> this is what those those statistics don't say," or you know, were they, they all uh, California ones? So, no, they were not national national media. Cool. So hopefully, we'll get some decent coverage of this. I mean, it's just uh, it's kind of that tipping point thing. It's when you hear those those diehard kind of prohibitionist people making comments like, "It's not if, it's when." But damn it, it's not going to be today. <laughs> they're still, they're still, you know, giving up the, the reality that it, it's not, it is not if, it's when. It's you know, it's not any reason to relax by any means because it's a long, long fight ahead of us. But, but you know, or at least a difficult one. But uh, yeah, that's uh, positive changes. I think are coming our way. I think and, it'll be uh, both long and drug czar's office. Yeah, drugs off drug czar's office. <laughs> is feeling the pressure a little bit, but uh, they'll keep they'll keep the same rhetoric up until there's you know I don't know what do they have they'll have like a hundred and twenty thousand dollar budget and two people on their staff and they'll still be going <laughs> it's gonna kill people I'm telling you <laughs> so we'll just uh, long for that that day I don't think you can pay, I don't think you can pay two government employees with hundred twenty grand no <laughs> no <laughs> that way <laughs> oh that's awful <laughs> anyway. Uh, moving on, what else we got going on today? Going over to California, I'm kind of liking this. We went from uh, like eight, 10, 15 stories in California to to one or two in an episode. So that's kind of a, a different change for us. This week, uh, San Jose um, seems to be becoming the latest target of anti-cannabis measures. Um, what did they start with? Wasn't it like San Francisco area? And then they headed down to LA and now they're... They've landed in San Jose, and it looks like it's going to be the latest uh, kind of battleground, if you want to call it that. What's the scoop? I haven't seen the story. Well, they're saying that uh, as this uh, issue goes mainstream, um, the the next uh, big battleground over this drug's future is going to take place in San Jose, California. Uh, Medical marijuana retailers this Fall this season have faced uh, numerous raids and stings by narcotics agents who accuse them of old-fashioned drug trafficking. You know that how that rolls. Um, even as the San Jose City Council debated regulations for pot dispensaries, and uh, their voters approved a cannabis tax to fill depleted city coffers, they still have these problems. It's uh, pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading the article. They're trying to make money off of it, and that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the State Bureau of Narcotics Enforcement agent Bob Cook saying that. He uh he's overseeing the raids that are happening. Nice. And, 
Yeah, it's it's a lot of the same, same old, same old. What happens is people get sick of it. And people that don't really even care are kind of on the fence on this issue, on the issues related to cannabis or drug policy um, are, are starting to go, you know, it's enough, you know, get off it. Stop doing this. Let's move out of this. This is wrong. And as long as they keep moving to different places, that helps them. Plus, I think they probably it's strategic because they get us, you know, kind of a foothold in different areas as they launch all these multiple raids and stuff. And, mm-hmm. So it's it's really a lot of the same. I don't think it's a topic not worth much of our time, but you know it's uh, yeah it's we'll follow it. Not one that's all that surprising. That's just something that anybody that's not from the California area or NorCal even um, might not really realize that that's going on. So that's what's going down in Cali. Um, see, among other things, we'll see whatever what what will develop from that one. Right on. Uh, um, and that brings us up to our, our new segment that I'm kind of excited about. This is fun stuff. I, I don't know why. I don't know. Hopefully our listeners enjoy this. Give us some feedback. Let us know what you think about this. And uh, uh, especially um, if you're interested in this conversation we're having about this topic, uh, send us your your input. Send us your new pot etiquette or old school pot etiquette or culture, pot culture um, um, kind of rules of thumb, so to speak. Uh-huh. And we, yeah, uh, you betcha. Be sure to- Feature some of those on here. We all have them. I don't care how nice you are. I don't care how giving you are. I don't care how bend over, uh, you know, easy to a fault you may be. Something irritates you. If you're a cannabis <laughs> user, something irritates you <laughs> and let us know what it is. I think uh, as this is developing, we just started this thing off last episode. <laughs> We've kind of come to a somewhat unofficial decision that we're going to, uh, uh, it's probably best if we featured one. Mostly one, what would that be? Etiquette. Thing, manner. Thing, one thing, whatever it is for this segment. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> this, this one, this, this week's, <laughs> this is one of mine. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't write it on here, but this is one of my pet peeves for sure. It is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you, you pack a, pack a bowl and, you know, like, especially when there's only one other person, but you, <laughs> you hand it to them, you know, and they spark it and they give it back and you put it to your lips and it's all wet. <laughs> oh, that's so wrong. Yes, this yes, this this episode topic is your spit. <laughs> and please keep it in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, well, one, like, I don't think I ever put the bowl like far enough into my mouth that it would necessitate getting spit on it. Like I usually just put it up you know, into my lips. Sure. Like that, even the outside parts of my lips. It's not that wet to begin with. And if they were, you know, I'd make sure I dried them before I hit the bowl or at least dried the bowl before I passed it. Yeah, it just brought to mind. I was just thinking when you said that, that's, a, that's probably a good idea, too. Maybe we can try to offer a few helpful comments to folks. That they don't under, if some people just, I mean, I think most people really, they're just kind of honestly just, I don't know, partaking. They don't realize that there's globs of spit everywhere. It's nasty. <laughs> and some people are trying not to regurgitate and, you know, really, they don't get it. Really? They, they, they don't I know. People, I think some people don't really get it, which is kind of silly. It seems to the ones that do, but you know, that's, that's part of, of, of you know, why we want to talk. Yeah. About that's this. why we're doing this segment. <laughs> you know, somebody might be going, Oh well, shit. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, oh man so you know uh 
yeah, there's so much to do with your spit when it comes to pot etiquette. Like uh, you talked about wrapped things. Don't give it back dripping. That's nasty. <laughs> so, so beyond wrong. Please don't do that. Um, there's another issue um, that's very important as well. And uh, uh, it's one of the things that uh, one of our listeners, uh, Staley, uh, wrote into us about and suggested. Uh, it's when you're sick. And how uh-huh. do you do that? That is bad practice. In within cannabis etiquette and even beyond outside of cannabis, in a general sense, when you are sick, you should never drink a big sip of somebody's coffee. Um, you should never, you know, partake in ways that are going to freely exchange those germs. I mean, it's not a potential sickness. You are sick. <laughs> we know for sure <laughs> you have this. So, you know, it, obvious responsibility comes into play here. Um, if you are sick, there's a great idea. What do you do if you have a friend or loved one or just some person that, that you know, is joining your uh, group or session at the moment um, that is sick? Do you go, well, you're sick, so you don't get to have it? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's kind of rude. That's not, it's, oh, it's so that, sad. That, yeah, that would, that would, that would, that could be an item for cannabis etiquette, right? <laughs> it's no. all Christmassy at your house. You're all chilling. It's, everything's perfect. And it's like, sorry. <laughs> you're, you're, you're out. You've got the big X on your forehead. You, you've, you've caught the sickness. I have, the weed. I have two ideas. Good. What's, the, what's the first one? Um, if you have enough weed, you could pack them in their own pipe. Perfect. Yeah. So, and most people, I think, and anybody involved in the cannabis, will you be considered cannabis culture savvy? <laughs> we'll definitely have more than one piece to smoke out of. So for sure, that's a great idea. It's a great idea. I think in, in expanding on that, if I could, I don't know. I don't think this is a stretch. I mean, it's just proper etiquette. It's being kind to your, your uh, visitors and so forth. It might be an appropriate thing if you have a couple different pieces to use. Um, that's smoking, you know, pipes, if you don't understand what I mean by piece. But, uh, if you don't have another thing to smoke out of, or I mean, if you have a, a couple other things to smoke out of, then you might be uh, kind enough to, or considerate enough to give them the nicer one. You know? Yeah. It's just, it's just manners, man. It's not a big deal. You're not going to get the big, you know, red light sirens and, you know, like stealth bombers coming to your house to surveil, you know, do surveillance on you. If you, if you break that etiquette rule, that's just the nature of etiquette. I mean, if you go, excuse me, and jump in front of somebody and take their seat and, you know, that's rude. It just sucks and people don't like it and you don't have to be that way. But you're not going to like lose anything massive over, over behaving that way. It's just bad, bad form, bad practice. It's not a great way to shore up new friendships. That happened, you know, that happened to me at the store the other day. This, I was standing in line and it was like, it was, un, you know, there were like a couple of registers available and there was one line formed behind both of them and I was the only person in it. And mm-hmm. she asked me, are you in line? And I say, yeah. And then she, she like creates a second line for the other register. She basically cut, cut in front of me. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. That was a quite one of those anticipatory questions. It only counts if you say, no, I'm not. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> if you say, yes, I am, then you just ignore that. I never, <laughs> I never really even asked that question. Like it was weird. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. You, you, it's common sense mostly. But, you know, there's some specific things that happen and just practices that go on in the, in the process of ingesting cannabis that, uh, you know, have, you know, demand sort of particular attention to those things. But, but you know, in, in, a, in a wide sense, it, you can start. It's a great start just to bring common sense to the 
to the table and say, you know, what what seems right. I think I think we're pretty uh, keen to what's good and not and what's not good. I mean, uh, so yeah, the spit thing it's uh, it's rude and it's gross to most people. I think um, almost we, uh, all. We never got around to my second idea. What's oh yeah, we didn't. Uh-huh. What is the second idea? So so this is if if someone is sick mm-hmm. and you could use another piece or. Or you could use one, you know, if you don't have enough weed to pack two pipes or you only have one piece, for example. Um, well, Staley suggested, and I wanted to, I wanted to ask what you think about this. Um, you know, if you, if you take the lighter and flame around, you know, the, where you put your lips, you know, the, the, mouth, the mouthpiece part, um, does that effectively sterilize it? Mm, that's a good question. I don't uh, know how, long, how hot for how long it would have to be. I don't either. I think, that might, I think it might be too hot for too long to be practical to hold that. That uh-huh. sounds like a very pragmatic approach to it. it I've, looks, it's I've so, seen people do it. Yeah. But not really clear on the F on how much. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, you know what? I think if you get, if you know this situation, I mean, it's a pretty mild thing. We're not going to build this huge structure just so you can puff with it with some people. But I mean, it's a very simple thing. If you can get like a, um, uh, a, ha- a clean handkerchief or, you know, whatever, bandana or even a paper towel perhaps and like soak it, with, you know, pour some, a little bit of alcohol on that uh-huh, or in an area of it. And it's easy to hold. I've done it before and just easy to hold on to. And then just as you pass each wipe it along. I mean, I've even seen people have a small little cloth. It was like one of those, uh, Disin- not a disinfectant, what am I trying to say? Ac- antibacterial type thing. And they would just pass it along with the bowl. Which I don't know. It's not very glamorous, but you could get one of those little alcohol. You know, they sell them at Walmart, like for a dollar for a hundred of them. Those little alcohol prep pads. Yeah, you know, they come in the and just have a couple of those around. Exactly, precisely those type of things. The, the you know, it'll be a little bit uh, innovative in your you know approach. A little bit imaginative, I guess, is a better term for that. And uh, you know, use your better judgment. And uh, let us know if you've got any good ideas or, you know what, additionally, even any bad experiences. Did anybody ever exercise some <laughs> really preposterous cannabis etiquette and you couldn't imagine what was actually happening as, in, you know, as it was happening? Uh, let us know. Let us know those things, too, and we'll, uh, we'll get some, uh, some more interesting uh, cannabis etiquette tidbits for you in the future. Very nice. Hey, uh, I got a Christmas surprise for you, Jamie. All right. What's that? We've got Pot Green on the line. Oh, we do. Yeah, uh, sick. Yeah. Pot. You know, What's up, brother? The, the, the nicest. You know, that I learned a trick recently for pot etiquette. Okay. Snot etiquette. Snot <laughs> etiquette. <laughs> always, <laughs> always do your best not to to um to cough snot on people. Have you ever done that before? You're puffing uh, and you hack and you just like big loogie <laughs> flies out of your mouth. That's flies snot. out. Yes. I've done that. I've done that on the wall before, and it went <laughs> smack, and you could see it was huge. I was like, "Oh, that's so gnarly!" Yeah, I've done that before. So you're feeling kind of sick it, right now. You are. That's no. It sounds like you have a cold a little bit. Uh, kind of some lung butter. Not really a cold though. Like just a little bit of morning oh, lung butter. Fun, you know, it? it might just be the line. Uh. It could be. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. I'm not sick, dude. I'm. I'm fine. I might have like a tiny bit of ingestion, but uh, you know, not a no big deal. Just a little little brown in the morning, you know, and just nothing. Nothing. A little hackety hack. First thing doesn't take care of. How are you guys doing? 
We're doing great, man. It's good to hear from you. I'm glad you uh, could join us in. We told, we told everybody at the beginning of the show, there's a possibility, <laughs> maybe he might <laughs> give us a call. So it's good that you checked in with us, man. How long do you have? Yeah. Uh, I don't really have, uh, I haven't until my battery dies is how long <laughs> I've got, which uh, is uh, probably within the next like five minutes. So, Well, you want to um, stick with us for uh, a couple stories or um, as long as you got? Sure. Yeah, totally. Let's let's uh let's hear what you guys got. A bunch of sophisticated grow ops or <laughs> we don't have any of those uh, this week, sorry. <laughs> any, any more any more any if we found any cases of kids overdosing on nutmeg? Uh yes, we are gonna talk about that. A little bit. We are. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. All right. We 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 could go into We're, that right now if we wanted to. <laughs> Uh, you guys are making the rules this week, not right. me. So yeah, sure. No, <laughs> let's, let's do it. Jamie, you down? Uh, I'm down with this. Yeah, let's try this out. <laughs> All right, nutmeg. So <laughs> after we're gonna, are we, so we're gonna are we gonna snort nutmeg? Is that what we're gonna do? <laughs> yeah, we're we're all gonna do it at the same time. Are you ready? <laughs> all right. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. <it>. Um, <laughs> no. Okay. So <laughs> remember last week we talked about this uh, reporter lady from KTLA who like who did the same story twice. I am a robot. I tell the same story twice when I don't have anything better to do. I am a robot. Yeah. That lady. Yeah. I, well, I think she got the memo is what happened. So she re she got the memo and then she decided she had to repackage the story because not only the, did KTLA do this story, a bunch of other stations around the country did the nutmeg story last week. Isn't huh. that crazy? Around Christmas time. Yeah. I'm, come on. Well, I think the like the Center for Disease Control issued some sort of press release, you know, that gets published, and then like these news reporters who are looking for stories because they're lazy just picks up the press release and the oh nutmeg, yeah, this will make an interesting news piece, yeah, uh, it's seasonal, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so right. I wrote, I wrote, I wrote a story to the la- or a, a, an email to the lady. Yeah, <laughs> do you want to hear it? <laughs> Yeah, yes. it's it's mildly Definitely. humorous. I yeah. I said, uh, hello, I'm a producer with the weekly radio show, The Cannabis Agenda. With regards to the nutmeg story you uh, covered, I'm curious about the rationale behind your coverage. I actually remember the same story from the same reporter with the same interviews ran back in July. It's been re-edited and the script still maintains it is a current story. Not to sound too harsh, but uh, do you take your viewers for fools? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, that that <laughs> I asked for a response back, but that line probably will <laughs> guarantee we don't get one. Uh, <laughs> I, I continued. The nutmeg meme is nothing new. It's been around for decades. If you're looking looking for fresher material, you should you could always do the synthetic case K two spice marijuana scare. Please be sure to con- call it synthetic marijuana at least twelve th- times during the story. Um, this yeah. is a shot in the dark, but would Lou Parker or uh, your news editor be willing to come on the show this Sunday for a quick interview about the station's decision to cover the nutmeg scare not once but twice in a six-month period? I missed that phone and call. call it current, you... which is a lie. I mean, that's the problem with it. I mean, I could see them co- covering it again and getting new interviews or something, but uh, the way they went about it is they called it current. And, like it was, you know, the same. I mean. Yeah, they misrepresented it. Right. They did. It was uh, misrepresenting was more like you mean like a lie, yeah, kinda. yeah, kinda, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's PC for lie, yeah, misrepresentation. Yeah, that's the new lie, misrepresentation. You're allowed to do it. <laughs> yep. In the line of business, especially. 
especially if, if you're you in are the media. Yeah. Criminal yeah. justice or drug reformer or drug uh, policy setter. So we're not going to play these story these clips because they're all the same. Uh, the ones mm-hmm. I found from across the country, but uh, we have the links in the show notes if anyone wants to see them. Okay. Yeah. Great. Cool. Cool. Um, I'm going to get off here real quick, but I want to go off on a tangent today. Um, today, nice. Don't Ask, Don't Tell uh, expired and uh, mm-hmm. is no longer uh, the policy of the U.S. military. And um, I'm going to piss some listeners off because it's not on our subject. And this has actually been inspired by one of our regular listeners who pissed me off yesterday about this whole thing. <laughs> I'm really I'm, I'm really glad that um, that this is finally coming to an end, and uh, I realize that uh, um, you know gay people get treated like shit in a lot of arenas throughout life. Um, but I'm I'm happy that if they can now check a fucking box saying they're gay if they want to, good mm-hmm. for them. So you know um, that's uh, really as deep as I want to get into it, but uh, I. Uh, I think this is uh, this is one of those policies that basically uh, don't ask, don't tell is one of those policies that basically stops people from uh, being it kind of stops them from being highly functioning, self-actualized humans where they kind of have to live in the dark and tell all these lies and shit throughout their in time in the military. And it's especially confusing for young people who are just uh, uh, coming to grips with their sexual identity in the first place. So, um, I think this is a step in the right direction towards a, 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 a more reasonable policy that uh, allows people to be who they are and ultimately that will make uh, society better. So those are my two cents on don't ask, don't tell. I know it's not related to marijuana at all, but we could get high and talk about it, and then at least it would be related to marijuana. So, <laughs> you know, but, uh, uh, you know, anyway, that's, cool. uh, that's my sh- that's my shtick for today. Thanks, so, uh, thanks yeah. for thanks for joining yeah. us. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys, you guys, uh, you guys have a good show, and uh, I want to thank everyone out there who's listening and participating. And I know it's the holidays and stuff, so uh, everybody be safe out there and green. Um, mm-hmm. I'll talk to y'all later. Peace and pot. All right, oh, man. peace, man. Thanks, bro. I love you, bro. Have a good holiday. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Right on. That's relieving. I was hoping he was going to be able to join us. Me too. Cool that he... Glad he did. Uh-huh. So you want to finish the rest of the topics barely worth any of our time before we go on to East Coast? Um, yeah. What else is going on with these topics? Let me see. Oh, this is an interesting thing that I, I noticed. Um, you know, we have uh, – you can like Cannabis Agenda on Facebook. I know there's a lot of Facebookers out there in a general sense, but also that are our, our, our listeners as well. So we encourage you to go to our website and hit the like button and like us on Facebook. Um, there's a site up there as well. Um, found recently marijuana growing on Facebook. This story features. <laughs> yeah, huh? This is interesting thing. Well, you've heard of that thing uh, called uh, what's it called? Farm Animal Farm or something like that. that, that <laughs> Far- Farmville. Yeah. Farmville. Farm- yeah. <laughs> yeah. All those things have been just taken off, and a lot of people are spending an inordinate amounts of time. And money. Ridiculous. Money, yeah, too. Ridiculous you can spend money on these games. Well, there's a new one, kind of uh, up and coming fast. It's getting very popular. It's called Pot Farm. It's on, it's on Facebook huh. uh, now. It's really, it's really a crazy thing that's going on. Um, I, guess, I guess you become a pot grower 
I'm, I'm thinking that's how this works. I've not played <laughs> the game myself, but this is pretty interesting stuff. Uh, there's a, it's, it, it's a free game. It's called Pot Farm, and it, its users are increasing to some one and a half million, I think, uh, each month. Is uh, is how many people are coming on? So a million and a half people each month. Wow! Boy, I wish our wish our listeners were doing that every month. <laughs> well, actually, I kind of don't. I don't think we could sustain that all at one time. But uh, the the East Bay Express says that the game's secretive develop developers could be grossing as much as one hundred and forty eight thousand dollars a month as users spend real money to advance in the game. Yeah, so it's just it, like those huh? other ones you were talking about. And, uh, I mean, you can, the, st- the story here says, imagine you can get 625 pot bucks for $50. What a score. <laughs> $50? Yeah, and it really, it really kind of goes like that, too. That's, I mean, they charge these incredible, you buy a $10, $20, $50, $100. And it's like, people really spend $100 on a game? Like, I don't know, Mafia or some, I don't know if that's one of them that does it. But, you know, those kind of games, they all do that. We're in the wrong business. <laughs> we need to be Isn't making pot games. <laughs> yeah, sell imaginary stuff that doesn't matter at all for <laughs> lots of money. I am so interested in finding out more about this. But it's going on right now. So check it out if you're interested. It's uh, definitely an interesting technology story. Found on the LA Times, but uh, yeah, so they're growing some weed on Facebook. Who'd have thunk, right? <laughs> Weird. <laughs> yeah, this is an interesting one. Um, this this basically uh, to me is is exactly or one one of many examples, but this is a prime one of why the fight for the truth about cannabis must go on, and we must not get complacent. Um, the recent article, um, I you know I follow all these uh, news outlets as much as possible, try to get a a kind of a balanced uh, idea of what they're all talking about to get a a truer, clearer picture of the truth, so we can discuss it more accurately and effectively. Um, I keep a really particular close eye on the Christian Science Monitor just because and only because um, uh, my, my mind, just personally, I just, I just had the reaction to that media outlet, that media source, Christian Science Monitor, that they would automatically kind of be predisposed toward a negative view of cannabis. Right. Right or wrong. I mean, I know a lot of Christian people that are very much behind cannabis. They have no problem with it. And they don't they don't pull any punches with their religion. They're very religious people, and they openly say it's a plant. And, you know, I don't want to get into a religious discussion here, but I, for the most part, was wrong about Christian Science Monitor. And a lot of the articles I've written, they seen, I've read in their uh, magazine seem to be uh, pretty unbiased to a large extent. Um, well, it's all changed <laughs> with, with this article. This particular article says, well, here's the title for you. Time to again mobilize against marijuana. And they're urging people to get out there and fight this ugly, amazingly uh, detrimental and destructive scourge that's taking over our nation. And shoot, indeed, our entire planet. Isn't the scourge? So, isn't that like? Uh, isn't that from the like Reaver Madness era? The scourge of marijuana. That's scur- old. I think people are still they, using that. Well, this this scourge is one and the same with that scourge. It's the same mentality. It's the same uh, you know misinformed uh, data. It's the same attitude. It's the same approach in its entirety. Yeah. So we'll leave this story up there for you to check out, and uh, it'll certainly be interesting. That's about all I can promise. I mean, other than that, it's not going to brighten your day. But you know, that's the that's the essence of the information that we share with you here. We hope that there's some good stuff. Shoot, 
we hope it's all good. We hope we're laughing our butts off, having a great time, learning new stuff. But the reality is that a lot of the things aren't so positive. And this is, in this particular instance, this is an excellent example of how that comes to be and how that gets perpetuated. So check the story out and uh, we'll keep an eye on this. And I believe there's a good possibility. Now that you set a new trend here on the show, I might uh, just write these guys a little letter and ask them a few questions, you know, politely and uh, see what they have to say or if they'll be willing to say anything. And uh, then I will not hold my breath for a response. <laughs> exactly. we'll, you know, yeah. we'll just let you know if we get one, huh? <laughs> yeah, this is a good yeah. one. And uh, we'll wind up with a, with, with a kind of a, you know what, uh, dude, I don't know if this is a funny story or not, but it seems kind of funny to me. It's ridiculous to the point of being funny. This is an amazing thing that they came up with here recently. And who would have thunk it? The University of Medi- Maryland Medical System has produced a, uh, an amazing device. It uh, slices, it dices, it, no, actually it doesn't do any of those things, but supposedly it can help uh, you to predict the decisions that your children will make regarding their use of cannabis. Very interesting. Or, How does this work? Yeah. Yeah. Is your teen smoking marijuana? In a study of 11,426 teens, it's pretty extensive, 25% said they had already smoked cannabis. About 13% said they had smoked marijuana during the previous month, and 6% had smoked more than four times in past month. Many parents find these statistics alarming. Our marijuana use calculator can help you assess your teen's likelihood of using marijuana. I can't believe I, I was capable of getting that sentence out without like <laughs> a bazillion people going, what? <laughs> the, the answer can help you educate your teen about the consequences of substance abuse. This test should be used only as a guideline. They do warn, thank goodness, um, <laughs> and is based on information found in the National Longitud- Long- Longitudinal Study on Adolescent Health. Can um, we, and can, this is... Can we take this test? Pretty, it's pretty quick. So I was going to ask, why don't you create some children here? You create these fictitious kids we'll use, and I'll give you the test right now. It's 11 quick questions, and you'll find out how they're making their decisions. Okay. Okay, question one of 11. Mm-hmm. Select your teen's grade level in school. So this is what we'll do. It's 7, seven or 8th grade or 9 to 12th grade. 9 through 12th. Okay. And number two, would you characterize your relationship with your teen as close and caring? For example, like satisfactory relationship with mother and or father, you know. Let's say yes. Okay, we'll say yes. So we got a pretty good relationship going on and he's in high school or she. Okay, number three, are you or is your spouse present at all of the following times? Before school, after school, and at dinner or bedtime? Mm, at all of the following times, uh, yeah. no, uh-uh. Kind of, kind of a crazy question. I was like, more than four percent of the population <laughs> there at all those times. <laughs> Serious? Yeah, no. Yeah, like, yeah, parents out? go off to work. No, no. Mm-mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you have marijuana in your house? Mm, yes. <laughs> 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 okay. That was an easy answer. Does your teen have a good, it was a positive answer. You're all happy. Like, yeah, man, he's totally dude. Isn't that awesome? um, does your teen have a good experience at school, such as like associates with friends, feels teachers are fair, likes going to school, you know, things copacetic? Yes. Yep. Good student in high school. Pretty well rounded relationship with their family. Does your teen have good self-esteem? Like, uh, you know what self-esteem is. I don't yeah, have to explain self-esteem. it. Um, Pretty much. Yeah. It's your kid. I'm going to say yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, is your teen religious? No. No. 
correct. And does your teen mention being at risk for an untimely death? <laughs> what kind of question is that? I don't know of any idea. Okay, so wait. It like, sounds are, ludicrous. If, if your teen is talking about like getting into a car wreck or something, that would count? Um, does you, yeah, does like, your teen mention, teen mention being at risk for an untimely death? I think that might be like dangerous is uh, dangers uh associated with the drug trade street drug trade drug dealers i don't know is he getting are they getting depressed because of um you know I mean, over like are they of, are they talking about suicide that, that doesn't sound like what it's getting at i'm i don't know hmm. i don't really understand the question i don't think um no so they're not okay no they're good. I think. I think, given that all the other your all your other answers so far, that it would probably be a no. Because I mean, but like, really... does your teen mention being at risk for an untimely death? I mean, like, certainly kids think about these things. Like, I'm sure you know. Like, yeah, getting in. Like, yeah, everyone's not going to live for. I mean, maybe kids don't think about these things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think sometimes they do. They all do right. for like 1.3 seconds. All right, let's, the... we'll, we'll say no and move along. The next one, does your teen work 20 or more hours a week? Uh, no. Which makes me wonder, some of these questions. Yeah, I mean, okay, so let's talk about this one too. Yeah, are they religious? Does, uh, I don't know. What does, does that have to do with choice? I mean, I, you know, 20, 20 or more hours a week, that's, that's a lot to ask out of a teenager who's going to school and being involved in activities and stuff like that. Yeah, so, it's really strange. Check out this question, number 10. Does your teen appear older than most teens of the same age? what <laughs> kid you not does your teen appear older than not like does your teen hang out with kids older you know right they they like, <laughs> they look <Yeah>. older <laughs> is he is he the one that they always give their money to when they pull up for some binge drinking because <laughs> he's got kind of a pseudo beard going on or something i don't know jamie this one is so random i'm gonna let you answer it isn't that goofy um <laughs> no he's just blending on in okay. does your teen get good grades uh, yes. sure. And we'll submit this and it says based on our response, on our responses, your teen is 32% more likely to use marijuana. More likely than what? Than the average teen. Oh. Based on statistics. Huh. So isn't that fantastic? Well, that was a total waste of our time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so these are the things that very respected medical institutions are pushing out to people that are asking questions about cannabis use. This isn't something that anybody will just take for the fun of it. These are things that concern parents that want to learn about cannabis, want to learn about what their kids are involved in, are you are potentially utilizing to help give them a better idea of what's going on in their kids' lives. Wow, how far away from honest parenting and, and true human relationships that, <laughs> right. that exist, you know, on the grandest level. <laughs> Please take our, our, our 11 question online quiz to find out whether your kid is smoking marijuana. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fantastic, man. I can't believe that the, these type of things even come out. But anyway, <laughs> check that thing out. It's pretty funny. Um, actually, check it out if you know the truth and you know all the answers to these questions that they're asking then you you'll already know what should be the result or your what is your result and maybe you can compare that and see what a compare and contrast do you think if we went through this thing again and like 
on each question decided or like tried to figure out what would produce the lowest or the highest score? Do you think we could do it in a try or two? I think we almost definitely should later and see if we <laughs> figure out some good stuff. See, I don't know. We uh, um, Obviously, this is based on a bunch of compiled data that they've put together. And um, I don't know if they've postulated or theorized or what would happen or how this works out. But, uh, right. you know, pretty, well, pretty thing. But, let's yeah. move on. For sure. Let's go to the East Coast and check out what's going on there. Uh, Maine, um, you know, our, uh, our, our listeners have uh, more than one, more than one listener has written in about uh, in support of how Maine is, is doing their thing. They seem to be having some uh, pretty good progress. Um, not without the problems, you know, that exist with any kind of statewide medical cannabis legislation. But uh, this is, uh, state has been moving on pretty fluently since uh i think uh, what was it november of 09 when it got voted in so things are going forward in uh in maine still um there are let me see um the children families health and human services interim committee spent last summer um revisiting montana's medical marijuana program um initially public participation 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 pro- in the program was restrained aluminum uh, linoleum <laughs> yeah aluminum linoleum aluminum <laughs> that's exactly why we should do that before we start speaking huh um anyway they uh they, it started out there in uh in march of 05 in in, in montana um uh, about four thousand people um in, in september 09 it, it was started in eight with 86 people you know and then after that it went up to uh about 4,000 in uh, September of 09 over those four years. But in oct- October of 09, um, when Eric Holder announced that Obama uh, administration so-called back off from arresting people, uh-huh. you know, like, like they, like we report that they've done tons of times since then. But uh, it happened right after that. Um, it, I don't know, it affected a lot of people evidently about their sense of legality or what's going on with it, I suppose. But within two months of the announcement, the number of medical marijuana cardholders uh, in Montana nearly doubled um, to like 7,300. And by March of two, 2010, uh, 12,000 were on there. And then by the next June, right after that, nearly 20,000. And currently there's about 27,000 active cardholders on the state's registry, which may or may not be legitimate, but it, 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 it brings caution to some states. They get nervous. They're like, okay, we have our 1,400 patients here and everything seems to be going smoothly. And then it goes, bam, we have 12,680 patients. We have 14,000. We have 26,000. And they're like going, oh my God, what's happening? <laughs> and uh, I think Maine is just a little bit overwhelmed, weary. Yeah, kind of just, you know, cautious about not letting that happen, which is a thing a, a thing that we talk about in agreement, I believe, on this program um uh, pretty frequently. We really really believe it's 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 a, the essence of importance <laughs> to try to vet these things out before or you know, during the the creation process uh, of these laws and this this language in this legislation. You have to cuz we have so much hindsight, so much valuable hindsight that we can utilize now that we didn't have even, you know, 20 years ago. So uh main moves forward, they're going to make some, I don't know. They're they're getting hammered by applications right now and uh their attitude about it is I don't know. It's pretty good. I mean, the press count press count let me let me try this one more time. Is that l- l- aluminum linoleum? This is just an odd name. It's it's Penobscot County 
sheriff, Glenn Ross. Where's that um, at? That's in Maine? This is in Maine, yeah. Penobs- um, Penobscot? Yeah, I think that's how you say it. It's P-E-N-O-B-S-C-O-T. So Crazy. It's maybe Penobscot. But anyway, their county sheriff is the big important part here. Uh, Mr. Glenn Ross said that while uh, some local officers are still getting educated about the particulars of the new law, um, he said most of them are, quote, just kind of waiting to see how it will be, which I don't know. From all of our coverage and a general, a general overview, that's – that's one of the more mild approaches to things. So this could be very promising in, in a president setting if they should uh, unleash these new rules and get these uh, dispensaries rolling up good and everything's going well. And the cops a- actually honestly just wait and see what happens. And if nothing bad happens, then they don't you know, cause problems. Man, what an amazing new, fresh kind of outlook we could have on this approach. Huh, yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, he said it seems pretty well thought out, the sheriff said, and he said that there may not be any problems. It could be like uh, there was a place there called the Hollywood Slots Casino that came in, and before that, it was, it was um, I guess their whole community was in arms about, you know, there was a big argument about, you know, all the problems that would happen, and well, there's going to be, I'm sure somebody said there'll be crack dealers out of the, outside the door everywhere, selling to the, the you know, the, the People that are gambling away their kids' college fund, you know, with the hookers on their arm and, you know, drinking booze. And, and none of that stuff's happened. He said some people predicted there'd be a lot of trouble, but that hasn't happened, you know. So he's he, – the well, at least this particular county sheriff um, is, is looking at this with an open mind and trying to hope that it works well, you know, which is their job to make sure that, that the law is, uh, you know, run or, or, or running right and being enforced right and, you know, that people are, are, are protected and, and doing okay. So we'll keep an eye on Maine and see, uh, see where they go from here. Should be a good thing, I think. Right on, man. Thanks for the, mm-hmm. thanks for the info. Mm-hmm. We also have a really decent uh, story about the the East Coast. Um, got this one from CannabisNews.org. Um, great place to go for news. We aggregate a lot of our news from there because they just they pick up some great stuff. This was originally from Alternet.org. Um, an interesting write-up. Um, it says marijuana. It's titled "Marijuana Has Rocked the West Coast." And what they're talking about this in article is, in this article is uh, New England may be the ne- next frontier for forming the nation's marijuana laws. As you, as you, obviously anybody that's re- uh, any even remotely uh, you know informed about this issue or you know the history of cannabis policy in this country, even within the last ten years, um, it's, it should be obvious to you that that the West Coast has just been the how would you what would you call them they're at the forefront i mean they're the cutting edge of of cannabis policy reform and and developments in that area um all of the states on the west coast um have medical statewide medical cannabis legislation um a lot of them have decrim or or, uh, least uh important law enforcement or last priority uh law enforcement um colorado stepping forward too i might add they are for sure. So what they're thinking in this write-up, and I'm not going to get into a lot of it. It's kind of a – it's not lengthy, lengthy, but you know, it's a little bit too lengthy for us to really cover you know, heavy on here. But uh, uh, you can check, just check this out. It's very interesting. What they're thinking in this article is that New England very, very much uh, or very well may be the next uh, place where this policy reform starts uh, really shoring up. So that would be a great thing, I think. We already have the other side of the, the country. 
And if we have both sides of the country capped up, but you know, then again, it, it only seems somewhat viable until you get down to what South Carolina, South Carolina, maybe North Carolina. <laughs> and then the, <laughs> once you start getting closer to the Bible belt, it gets harder and harder and harder and harder. I don't know factually that there's any connection there, but oh, I got my ideas and uh, yeah. So we'll see how that, that develops, but it's a great story. I thought I'd put it up there and we'll just mention it and uh, you guys can give it a, give it a, uh, a once over and let us know what you think about this. Um, especially if you're from new England, we'd love to hear that. And we'd also like to hear what's going on in your area out there in new England. Um, so hit us up on cannabis.com. And, uh, as usual, if you're hearing this, you can read that story online. So, uh, speaking of new segments, we have another <laughs> new thing going on here. Yeah. I really like this. This is amazing. This has developed itself. This is an organic process that developed itself <laughs> as it should have. It just stood out and went, whoa, that one definitely should go there. Yeah, you just, you know, you come up, you got a story and you try to figure out where to put it in. And I don't really see anywhere good to put it in. But it's like this story, it's like, you've got to be kidding me, right? So uh, that's the name of the segment. You have got, it's the new, in the new, uh, you have got to be kidding me segment. We've got, you know, K2, Spice. Have you tried it? Uh-huh. Yeah, the the synthetic synthetic marijuana. marijuana that's right. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, we nah, talked about. Yeah, but I tried a cheaper derivative of it. Somebody bought it and went, "What did I buy this junk for? I don't want this. You want it?" <laughs> they, didn't, <laughs> they didn't want it. Just throwing it out. So I said, "Sure, I'll try it." I tried it and was like, "Wow, he was a smart guy that gave this to me. <laughs> he got rid of this shit right away. <laughs> he put it in your trash. I, I, think, I think I'm going to follow his lead. Did he put it in your trash yeah. or you pawned it off on someone else?" No, I just rolled one big giant, well, it wasn't giant, but I put it all in one big hooter and tried to endure as much as I could. And I just <laughs> smoked a couple puffs and went, oh, how re- I think cannabis has made me stupid. Kilgarkowski's <laughs> right. I smoked half of this damn thing. I put it out and I left it and what an idiot. But, you know, whatever. I knew it wasn't going to kill me. I just knew it was a dumb idea and I wanted to understand more about what was the draw. And uh, it wasn't that great. I don't know if it was what everybody else is experiencing but yeah i just just more kind of i don't know negative <laughs> response against this stuff so what's going on with the k2 well now? you know the k2 uh we talked a couple of weeks ago i think about how the dea is moving forward with um trying to uh prohibit this stuff for um and i know a lot of um uh local uh uh municipalities and local governments are also moving forward with bans on it uh-huh but you know what happens when something gets banned uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> just, Everybody <laughs> wants it. <laughs> well, that and <laughs> check this out. K2. Now, another form of synthetic marijuana could be banned in Missouri. K3 is creating increased concern <laughs> oh, among no. doctors. News Force Jasmine Huda joining us live tonight in St. Anne. Yeah. With more on the push to eliminate K3. Jasmine? K3. Vicky, the question is whether okay. a ban is now, going to make a difference. Now, we know that K2 was recently outlawed in Missouri, but you have these K2 substitutes like this. This is Bocomo. Three grams of it costs $20. You can get this at some gas stations, convenience stores, or this shop here in St. Anne. Nice ad that from Bocomo, by the way. Lawmakers and <laughs> yeah. physicians. It can be purchased because this, and it's legal because this is a product that was made with a different formula, different compounds, but has the same effect. Young people have turned to K2 and now these goodness. kinds of products because they think they provide a marijuana-like high. There you go. But emergency room doctors <laughs> warn that these products can be life-threatening leading to hypertension, vomiting, anxiety. They say more calls are coming into poison centers, and they say 
The dilemma now is whether a ban would make a difference. If you ban one thing, they'll substitute something else. Kids have been using, and, a, and young adults have been using products that are not meant for their express purpose. The companies that are who, who are producing all this is probably just going to come up with something new under a different name until the FDA says that that's bad also, and then they'll just take it off the shelves then and then pull something back up. And then. And this could be a hot topic in Jefferson City as lawmakers consider a possible ban to another synthetic marijuana product. Now, doctors in the meantime say parents need to be on the lookout for what seems to be incense or potpourri in their children's room. Check for symptoms <laughs> like anxiety. They said that more than 1,500 calls have come in to poison centers across the United States regarding these synthetic marijuana products. Live in St. Anne, Jasmine Huda. And be sure you uh, check for symptoms like anxiety. Make sure your teen isn't anxious. <laughs> Cindy, what are you doing with this stuff? Mom, it makes my room smell nice. <laughs> I'm taking it away. You are in trouble, young lady. I got it at Walmart. Yeah, K3, I'm waiting. Yeah. You know what's going to really rock? What's K9. <laughs> it's, it's, it's in K9. the pipes. It's on its way. Coming. It's coming. They probably do. They probably literally have a huge list right now on paper, and they just keep scratching off. Okay, what's next? <laughs> yep, that's interesting stuff. Yeah, Funny. you know. But you know what? You're right. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> Holy mackerel. So we hope to have uh, more in that segment uh, in mm -hmm. future, future episodes. Right on. For sure. Um, got a little bit going on in activism spotlight this week. Um, several big things going on we'd like to share with people. Wait, wait, wait. What's activism spotlight? The activism spotlight. Oh, my gosh. That's right. It's a trifecta. We got another new uh, thing we're showing up here. Um, really, this isn't all new compared to our content in a general sense. These are stories we typically would, we would run all the time, but we would put them wherever they are. Typically, these are national levels, so they would end up in the Fed uh, uh, heading. So we decided for the specifically um, uh, activist-based stories like this that are national, we will make that the activism spotlight. And uh, so we've, we've, we've included a few important notifications for everyone today. First one. What you got? Is that, did I leave anything out? No, no, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. New so segment. So far, so good. Yeah, well, you know, our friend Steve Silverman, Scott Morgan over there at uh, FlexureRights.org. Great guys. Um, if you're hearing this and you don't know who I'm talking about or you say, who? Go over there immediately. Please, if you have a second, spend some time going over there really quick. It's FlexureRights.org and check them out. They're all about protecting you, protecting your rights and your safety and how to behave without getting in trouble with the criminal justice system. Um, additionally, we, all, we often feature um, Judge Andrew Nep Napolitano um, and his, uh, what is this uh, show called? Freedom, Freedom Watch. Watch. Yeah, and recently, two of the people that we like to feature on here, because they make sense, um, well, I guess it's three people, but Steve and Scott uh, landed on Freedom Watch with Judge uh, Napolitano, and we have a clip of what they talked about. Do you know your rights when you're stopped by the police? Unfortunately, most people don't, and the consequences can be serious. From illegal searches to excessive force, anyone can be a victim. Filmmakers Steven Silverman and Scott Morgan are fighting to stop this. They've made a terrific movie called Ten Rules for Dealing with the Police. Here's a clip. Relax. Oh, I didn't do anything. You got a bad attitude. 
Now, I pulled you over because you were swerving between lanes. That's all. Now, you got a choice here. If you cooperate, you're going to make things a whole lot easier on yourself. Now, what that means is you got to be straight with me. You understand? Yep. Here's the deal. You don't speak unless I ask a question. You understand? Yep. All right. That hurts, man. That's too tight. Relax. You're fine. Now, where are you coming from? College. I'm coming home from college, man. You've been having problems with gangs moving guns down this highway. You're not packing any Tech Nines in there, are you? No. No, sir. So you don't mind if I take a look? Ah, uh, go ahead. All right, Darren, you just relax. Don't move. Just relax. Don't move. Stephen Scott, the subject welcome, was black, uh, to Freedom but I should say that that this was an African-American young movie. This is an important man. movie. We just showed a small dramatic clip. There's a lot of other things in there that show police abuse and show what the law is and what you have a right to do. Why did you make this movie? Well, the reason we made this movie is because we found that most people just really were completely terrified uh, during police encounters. And this manifests itself in, in one of two ways. Most people would completely roll over, would waive their rights at the point of a police encounter, but also some people out of their fear and frustration would wind up acting out right. uh, during a police encounter. So we really realized we needed to create something that went beyond the little, you know, the wallet cards that many people may have seen and really took this thing and made it more compelling and created scenarios that people can relate to when they see it. All right, and Scott, what you created was the 10 rules. We're going to throw them up on the board. Mm -hmm. Some are common sense. Some are things that people uh, basically need to be reminded of. Always be calm and cool. Obviously, that makes sense. You have a right to remain silent. Now, if mm -hmm. the police ask you for your driving credentials, you obviously have to give that to them. But right. if they say, where are you coming from and where are you going, you don't have to reply. What's the best way not to reply? Well, you know, that's up to you. And with those sort of where are you going kind of questions, that's really tricky to deal with because you don't want to seem evasive right at the beginning of the encounter. But I think the most important thing for folks to understand is once it gets to the point of, hey, can I look around in your car? What do you have in the trunk? That's the kind of stuff that you really have All to right, watch out All right, that's one of the rules. That's rule number three. You have right. a right to refuse searches. Right. So when the police say, I see that bag on the front seat, I want to look in it, or would you mind mm -hmm. popping the trunk for me? What's the appropriate response? Officer, calmly. Officer, I know you're just doing your job, but I don't consent to any searches. And you might have to repeat this, and the officer might reply with, well, you don't have any bombs or, or guns in the trunk. What do you have to hide? You don't mind if I take a look, do you? And they'll keep asking, but this is actually not a command. It sounds like a command, but it's actually technically a request, and you have every right to refuse that search. And we advise that you do it and say, calmly, officer, I have nothing to say until... And the police will, will famously say, as Steve just said, you have nothing to hide. What are you worried about? What's the response to that? I have my dignity. I have my privacy. And there's the law. Well, you can do that, right? And, you know, for us, you know, you don't want to get in an argument with the officer about it. But, you know, you can just calmly state your refusal. And if they keep challenging, you don't have to answer additional questions. Ha has the, has the movie had an effect? Is it getting out there? Are you getting feedback that Absolutely. people are doing, are, are standing on their rights? Right. When we first started this work back in 2002, the most common response was, after people watched our, you know, our, our first video, was, oh, man, I wish I had known this. Right. I really was humiliated and hassled. And, and if I'd only known my rights, it would have been a much better situation for me. And now we are getting, yes, I asserted my rights. And... And I simply drove away with a ticket. I'm going to tell you, I've seen the movie. I watched it. I loved it. It's right on the law, and everybody should see it. Steve Silverman, Scott Morgan, thanks for your... Mm -hmm. I guess it got cut off a little early there, but, uh, yeah, we got most of it. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Yep, we thank those guys for going on there and doing what they do.
good thing we thank uh, Judge Napolitano for being an open-minded individual. Wow, yeah, that seems, for sure. Uh, Glad they're. F- I, I think he's. I think he's got a good spot on uh, on Fox's lineup too. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure, but uh, I, I think he's good. been getting. I think his ratings are increasing. Excellent. That's fantastic. And he's, he's getting out there to uh, the audience that needs to hear the stuff the most, probably. Uh, just a guesstimation on my behalf, but yeah, I would say. So, yeah. In addition, uh, Marijuana Policy Project also has launched, a, a, well, I guess the last one wasn't a national campaign <laughs> specifically, but MPP has launched a new national campaign. Um, the, the campaign is called 26 States by 2012, and they're... Uh, they say that to have a shot at removing the federal government's prohibition on medical marijuana, they need to have at least 26 states to legalize medical marijuana. That'll give them a clear path to victory in Congress and or the federal courts. I see 26 because it's more than half of 50. I believe so. Their plan is, as of today, medical marijuana is legal in 15 states, um, District of Columbia. To get to 26 states, they need to run ballot initiatives in some very tough states in November 2012, like Arkansas, Idaho, Missouri, North Dakota, and South Dakota. And to get on these five ballots in November 2012, they need to start the signature drives very soon, um, with the first being in Arkansas. They're going to start knocking that out. They ask for some donations and things here. You can read the story if you feel compelled to do that. That All that stuff's going to be outside of this program. Um, we do. I, I could urge you uh, from a, on a personal note to consider this if you care about these issues. I think we all agree that Marijuana Policy Project is a, a worthwhile and very effective organization. So, you know, that, that, that'll all be at your own discretion. But uh, this, is a, this is a big thing. They got a little video on there that shows the progress. It's kind of neat. Uh, neat too, but it doesn't really have sound that would be appropriate for this media or this medium. But uh, yeah, we have that listed on our site, so you can go check that out. And uh, if you feel so com- uh, compelled, uh, get involved. Cool. And uh, I, th- I think sure. we mentioned that uh, a couple of weeks ago because uh, mm-hmm. they they announced the campaign. Did they did they come out with some more information? Because I remember it was really it was really they didn't really say much when they announced it. Like how they're going to do it? Yeah, I think the the a little bit clearer information is just. It's not really that much more information, just how they're going to they're going to start with Arkansas mm-hmm. um, and just minor details is, is only if, if any difference from when they first announced it. Yeah, so, some just, tough states there, huh? It is. Yeah, there are. I mean, I should say there uh, there's that list of tough ones that they just wrote. Well, at least it wasn't Oklahoma. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, some of those are not so far off, really. I mean, I can't wait till they're going and we need to. Specifically, focus on these states: Idaho, Oklahoma. You know, <laughs> Idaho is on that list. Oh, it was on that list. Arkansas, Idaho, Missouri, oh. North Dakota, and South Dakota. Oh yeah, you're right. There it is. Yep, you're right. Yep. Yeah. So that's a, that's a good thing. We're yeah. we're getting into the you know the meat and potatoes of this whole thing. Make some some real serious lasting change that goes on. Um, so there's that. Check that out. That's MPP. Um, so this, this is your assignment uh, for this week if you choose to f- accept it. <laughs> or compelled to be uh, active in any way um, in, in uh, relationship to cannabis policy reform, check out flexurerights.org, check out mpp.org, and for sure stop by ssdp.org as well. SD, SSDP um, is urging um, their members, uh, our listeners, um, anybody that can get this message that's a U.S. citizen um, to contact your representative 
Um, this link that is on the cannabis agenda right now under this story um, will give you uh, a way to you just enter your zip code. It's very, very simple, your five-digit zip code, and it'll give you your uh, representatives from your state, your federal representatives that you need to contact, and uh, you can tell them to uh, support this. It's the National Criminal Justice Commission Act. It's been sponsored by Virginia Democrat Jim Webb. And they're seeking to establish a blue ribbon commission to review America's criminal justice policies and the criminalization of nonviolent drug possession in particular. So this is very big undertaking. It's much, much past due. And uh, we so very, very, very much need this. I mean, this isn't a huge uh, this isn't miles and miles and miles away from changing the scheduling of cannabis. I mean, it's not as important on our on our our agenda for sure. But this is a actually it's it's in the same arena and it's it's a precursor to changing the uh, the um, status of of cannabis. So the federal federal scheduling that is. So please uh, check out this link. Um, you can probably go to ssdp.org uh, and find it on there. It's pretty easy to find. Um, just put uh, it's Senate Bill uh, 714 is the one, and it's called the National Criminal Justice Commission. So check that out, and I would certainly urge you, this one won't cost you a penny, I guarantee it. Um, send them a note and let them know, hey, look, man, I'm an American citizen and I'm a voter and you're my guy, and I'm telling you right now, represent us, you know, in support of this. And I'm sure they'll be glad to hear from you. Cool. Yeah, tell your, tell your U.S. senator that Cannabis Agenda sent you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> CannabisAgenda.com. <laughs> All right. They can, uh, they can download our show um, via <laughs> several different uh, methods now. So, yeah, so that's what's going on. Um, not a whole bunch uh, going on in Michigan this week. Uh, well, actually, there is a lot going on in Michigan this week. Um, I guess therein lies uh, part of the problem being uh, people that, that love Michigan. You know, I'm down with Michigan. Michigan's okay with me. Are you got any problems with Michigan? No, I love Michigan. Great, really. great place. Lovely place. Nice right people. On. Yep. Well, that's how I feel, too. I'm pretty pretty reasonably uh i'm reasonably certain that uh pot feels the same way about michigan um getting beyond that i don't know how much we totally know about what's going on in the scene there so um in conjunction with our uh desire to bring in an occasional uh intelligent female voice to the show uh, we will be featuring uh miss brandy zinc um on our next episode um there's a lot going on there they're banning dispensaries they're arguing over the rules they're doing all kind of stuff um in that state and we're going to get uh a full update from uh miss zinc um I'm, we're looking for that on the next episode that'll be the so, next episode or it might be the one after that too perhaps yes yes thank you for pointing that out so okay. so uh that's something to look forward to and we'll uh be trying to tackle this whole michigan situation it's a big one there's a lot going on there a lot going on there and then some pivotal decision making um uh stages and um, is brandy zinc is in is involved up there Yes, she is. She's very involved up there. I believe she's currently working at a dispensary or for a dispensary. Um, we'll get some more details um, and let her give the full rundown when we when we are fortunate enough to get her on the show. But cool. uh, it'll be a it'll be a treat to have her, and uh, we'll look forward to that coming and up soon. You mentioned off the air that she had attended KushCon this past weekend. 
She did indeed. And she was uh, personally responsible in large part for helping to educate uh, many people in her area. I believe she was in, in part responsible for educating Representative Kenny Yuko. They seemed to be good friends. and They knew each other pretty well. I don't know if that was just because of his involvement with that area of SSDP or if, or if she actually had. We'll, we'll uh, make sure we ask her about that stuff when she comes on. But, uh, yeah, she's definitely involved. She was on a panel. She was sitting up at the front table when we had a big session at the conference. And uh, I saw her there and said, hey, wait, she's smart and female. <laughs> she's smart and female. I better go talk to her. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of odd. I was thinking that has everything to do specifically with our with our program. <laughs> but that's, that that also just coincidentally happens to be my my criteria, you know, in a general sense outside of the program too. So so hey. But uh yeah, we'll get her on here. She uh she also this is a really cool thing. She went to Kushkan too in yeah. Denver. So you can give us hopefully she'll give us some awesome stories about just incredible debauchery that took place there. <laughs> what, but, you know, what happens at Kushkan stays at Kushkan, is that it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe some uh so anything constructive or, or fun. But anyway, um speaking of Kushkan, let's go out to the Rocky Mountain area and uh don't we have a clip from there to, to hear about what's going on with Kushkan? That uh, I think it went really well. It happened over the weekend. Yeah, this um, this is a clip. It's actually a couple days before Kushkan, so that um, is, yeah, they they don't talk about the the attendance or anything. But we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but uh, here we'll roll the clip. Okay. Medical marijuana. Just say the word, and people will react. Medical marijuana. Sure. If they're seriously ill, yes. I would have to say I'm against it. You know, it's just one of those things that's a stepping stone to more stuff. This weekend, the Colorado Convention Center will be buzzing with cannabis aficionados and enthusiasts. KushCon is going to be the most significant and important gathering of the cannabis community ever. Steve D'Angelo says the marijuana culture is growing like a weed. With the rise of medical cannabis legislation in 15 states across the country, we've seen the development of a new legal industry. Steve D'Angelo's not just mm -hmm. blowing smoke. His company, Can B, pulled in a cool $25 million last year. The show will wow. offer growing tips, cooking classes, hemp clothing, everything you wanted to know about Mary Jane, but were afraid to ask. Hey, man, is that Freedom Rock? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. It's not equal. It's no Eric Clapton, but the Flowbots, War, and Mixmaster Mike will be on hand to entertain the crowd. Whether marijuana ever becomes legal for recreation is still unknown. In the meantime, anybody seen my munchies? Oh my Andrew, god. KWG. Really? <laughs> really? He, he had to do that, I really? guess. Really? <laughs> is, is that in his contract Are you that he has to do me? that? <laughs> yeah, right. Come on. Oh my god. Oh, I didn't I didn't I didn't actually see that hap that coming. But uh, 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 Sounds good anyway. Yep. Kushkan. It, uh, wonder. They estimated 50,000 people showed up to that thing. Yeah, I don't think they have attendance figures yet. I've been, I did a search all over the place. No, 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 they, they got it. Uh, Huffington Post, um, here, I'll oh. read. Uh, Kushkan 2 draws thousands of people. They report that uh, uh, drew an estimated, I don't know who estimated this, but um, estimated <laughs> 50,000 attended Kushkan 2, the world's largest cannabis lifestyle convention. Wow. So someone, someone estimated it, and, and uh, Huffington Post reported. Yeah, and that's just what they called for. 
So cool. Maybe Good for them. Accurate, yeah, that's a great thing. Good for them. Unfortunate for us, we didn't miss that thing. We missed two because we're just preparing for three. We're we're building up steam. <laughs> three, so we'll be there. We might have a cannabis agenda booth or something by then. That'd be know. sick. Yeah, we'll definitely have a cannabis agenda presence. We will have an agenda for sure. For sure, it'd be cool. Uh, we could all get together and we could do a live one and like talk with people who are hanging out. Mm-hmm. That'd be very cool. We'll look forward to exploring those opportunities and possibilities coming up soon um it was it was pretty cool just a couple quick details about this on friday their uh schedule is here it uh, said some pretty uh cool stuff was going on um i think friday would have been i don't know i, I haven't looked at the other days yet but good grief when you just start out they start out with the mc uh he's a comedian going to a giveaway all these free things getting handed out it's just like kind of hectic and then after that first half hour they go to the national cannabis political power panel and they had Cheryl Schumann. The political power panel, huh? <laughs> Governor Gary Johnson, Keith Stroop from Normal. That's a Aaron power Houston. panel. Yeah, Aaron Houston, SSDP, Steve Scherer from a- a- uh, ASA, Stephen D'Angelo from Harborside, wow. Paul Stanford from THC Foundation, Steve Fox from MPP, Aaron Smith from the NCIA, and Russ Belleville, Radical Russ from Normal Daily Stash. They had, Huffington, they had all those guys on stage at the same time? That's one panel wow. on one day. Wow. Yes. And that's only on one. I mean, they had a uh, uh, growing class. Uh, Ed Rosenthal did growing with Ed thing for an hour. Mickey Avalon happened right before that. And then they went to a metal, medical science breakthrough panel with all kinds of people, including people like Irv Rosenfeld, um, you know, people that are just huge. I mean, like well-respected people. And then Asher Roth played. And then the Flowbots were going on. And that was day one. So all you people are listening to this going, damn it. <laughs> Just calm down. It's okay. You can go next year. <laughs> but yeah, we're and then rest assured, I'm right now saying the same thing. I'm not going to read the rest of this stuff about the, the their scheduling, but man, check it out on their site. Um, Kushcom.com. Uh, Saturday looks as good or better than the first day. It's just absolutely intense. I can't wait to hear more about this from Brandy next week and what went on. Very nice. Sounds fun. Yep. Kushkan, baby. What's I'm going on Kushkan over there? Pound. Over in, uh, in, uh, where? Here? Where <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. What's going on there? Oh, is there stuff? Oh, there's people here. Oh, right on. Yeah. It sounds like a, like a robot voice or something. Are there people here? Hey, is anybody here making noise? Okay. We got them. <laughs> People just come into the studio, man. They come by when they know the show's going on on purpose. <laughs> I think that's a good thing. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. You know, whatever. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm uh, pretty confident, about 100%, that I'll be at KushCon. What would that be? KushCon 3. three. Oh, it's, it's paralleling the, 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 the stuff, the, the spice. So every, every year. three, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. So yeah, yep, we'll be there for sure. Um, in the meantime, let's take a trip down to Southwest and see what's going on down there. I think there's some stuff happening uh, in Arizona. Do we yeah. have a clip about marijuana business appealing to the Arizona entrepreneurs? Yeah, people are gearing up to uh, figure out how they can uh, make some money off this marijuana thing. It looks like make a little money in the cannabis. Here we go. 
Thanks for staying with us. I'm Beverly Kidd. The state's first medical marijuana dispensaries are still many months away from opening, but that's not stopping a lot of eager entrepreneurs from getting into the game. New tonight, Stacey Delacat checks out the budding business. Stacey. Yeah, Bev, you know the saying, the early bird gets the worm? Well, that seems to be what a lot of Arizonans are hoping as they scramble to get a piece of what's expected to be the state's new billion-dollar industry. But because the rules and regulations aren't out yet, this could be a case where it pays to wait. Type medical marijuana into the Phoenix edition of Craigslist, and while you won't find pot itself for sale, you will find grow warehouses, web domains, expert advice, and other offers galore, all for a price. I'm calling about the ad I saw on Craigslist for the medical marijuana referral. We decided to check out some of the offers and called one place already booking appointments for doctor's referrals. If they do believe that it'll work for you, then they, part of state guidelines, they write your recommendation. And, and how much are the appointments? $150. Another Craigslist ad getting plenty of hits and inquiries offers up to 100,000 square feet of warehouse space that promises to be perfect for growing medical marijuana. I want to, uh, to make a deal with someone. I'm looking for the long-term deal on this. And he's not the only one trying to grow his business. A Glendale Electric Company is finding a whole new clientele for their special HID lights. These lights are good for putting in warehouses to help grow them. They, have, they generate enough energy to grow medical marijuana. It's just one example of the fact that this is Arizona's only shovel-ready industry. While many people are finding getting in early pays off, Joe Uhas of the Arizona Medical Marijuana Association says most people interested in getting a piece of this new industry are better off waiting. I think for those who are uh, anxious uh, to participate in the industry in some way, simply have to be patient and allow for the rulemaking process to take place. The association will offer a four-hour educational forum on Monday, and you guessed it, they're charging a few hundred dollars a head. Well, by the way, a lot of ads out there refer to pre offer to pre-register patients to get medical marijuana for a price, but advocates say those businesses are a scam because pre-registration is not needed. Meantime, the Department of Health Services is expected to release its first draft of rules regarding the regulation of medical marijuana next Friday. Stacy Delacat, 3TV. Crazy, huh? Yeah, it's very interesting stuff. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh... Amazing things are going on everywhere. Getting a little uh, Craigslist scammy, it sounds like. That was kind of, uh, I don't know. I hate to hear those kind of things. I mean, it's really a weird, convoluted, kind of crazy discussion about all those things. It's like, wait a minute, but why do you think that's so bad? Don't you think that cannabis, what about your lettuce thing? Well, you know what? I think that they're, I don't know. I my My current stance now has developed over the last year of seeing the transitions and the things that are happening, I'm pretty confident that legalization is going to be the, the way to go. Because if it's, if there's full legalization, then that would be inclusive. It wouldn't, it wouldn't take care of, it wouldn't solve the problems or issues or concerns of medical cannabis users, but it would be inclusive as far as the, you know, exemption thing is concerned. That one factor that makes it so such a big deal. And I think that that's going to, it's going to start going that way. I mean, well, let me put it this way. I want to, I want to clarify that a little bit more. It, I think it, once it takes hold, 
then it's going to, I think that that's going to be the new wave. I think that's going to replace the old wave of medical cannabis and it's not going to eliminate that as an issue or eliminate the patients or what, what they're going through. But I think that that the, as far as the legal aspect of it, I think that that's going to be a new wave. And I think that states are going to be more receptive to that because of the fact that medical cannabis programs sometimes cost a lot of, uh, time or money or effort, you know, for the states to put them together and figure out all the rules and all that stuff. And I don't think that there's quite as many details involved, you know, with legalization measures. So I don't know. What are your take? What's your take on this thing? Yeah, no, I know. I feel the same way pretty much. Pretty much so. So yeah. we'll keep our eyes out. We'll see what's going to gonna happen, of course, and always be here to give you the latest news. But uh, uh, in the meantime, New Mexico, you know what? I like reporting about Me- New Mexico. You know, there's a lot of these things. They are, they're important enough to, to be mentioned or talked about, and they're ongoing. So we talk about them a lot. Like uh, I, I, I resisted the urge to include some update on New Jersey. They haven't really done anything solid yet, so I didn't think it was timely anyway. But, you know, that's that's a good example of something that keeps showing up because there's ongoing things happening there. Well, New Mexico is one of those, and I don't mind doing this again and again and again and again when it starts, when it keeps making steps in the right direction. They don't have to be leaps and bounds. Just, you know, they have to be going somewhere and, and you know, be constructive. And it seems so far that New Mexico, well, to some extent, is going in that direction. Um, we know that they were they were overly restrictive. Well, do you remember what they started out with, um, grower wise? There was like it was ridiculous. Yeah, it was it was less than ten. It was like a single digit okay, number, and, uh, right? And you three, you three back? No, not you. Get a haircut. Uh, you three over there? Yeah, you you you'll be the growers, okay? <laughs> okay. I don't know how to grow. We'll have somebody teach you. You know, I think that's kind of how it went. I don't know, but uh, they didn't have many, and they improved. I think they improved, may have doubled it. Uh, we featured that on a, on a past show. Um, well, it looks like they're doing some more things uh, in the right direction. The State Department of Health uh, in New Mexico announced several changes to their uh, program um, last Friday, including fees to finance the effort um, despite, despite their concerns that uh, smaller producers could be forced out of business. Um, so there's, you know, there's always going to be some kind of ups and downs to it. But uh, the new annual fees will be based on how long a grower has operated. This is the interesting part of this that kind of I'm not entirely clear on, but it says ranging from $5,000 for producers licensed for less than a year up to $30,000 for those licensed for more than three years. Until now, other agency programs had financed medical marijuana. So I don't know how they run this thing, I guess. How would that go? That would be, I mean, what would that be based on, logically? That the more you're in business, the more revenue you've taken in, and you can afford a higher fee? Is that the logic? I guess so. I mean, that's kind of how taxes work, right? You know, the more you make, the more you have to pay. The more they take, Uh right. Yeah, so I guess that's... uh, that's how that one works. And uh, meanwhile, in a, uh, another change uh, in, in New Mexico that was welcomed by advocacy groups, Health Secretary Dr. Alfredo Vigil agreed to license eight new growers, boosting the state total now to 25. Ooh, 25. In a, uh, <laughs> yeah, in a push to increase plant production and serve more patients. How do you get so, one of those <laughs> and one of those slots? <laughs> Yeah, you talk about it in the elite slot, man. I'm one of 25. I wonder if they make them those special like credit card looking membership cards. Or, or a badge. I want, I'd want a badge. The platinum card. Yeah. Yeah, ba- yeah, that would be awesome. Medical, state medical marijuana provider. Yep. <laughs> that would be, I would wear it on my belt. I'm not kidding. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Vigil uh, also agreed to uh, allow growers to produce 150 mature plants and seedlings um, under what? earlier regulations. Whoa whoa, uh, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. There are 25 licensed growers who can each have 100 plants? 150 mature plants and seedlings. Um, yeah, the limit before was 95. So, you know, I guess it's worth, it's certainly worth pointing out or reminding people if they haven't followed the, the onset of the story, you know, well, ways, quite a ways back. Um, they, it was just really restrictive. It really, theirs was a little bit different. It wasn't like outwardly aggressively harsh, like New Jersey perhaps, but it was, it was somewhat restrictive in that way, but it was more so just not put together very well. It just was, it had holes everywhere. It wasn't work, it wasn't working right. They're like, hey, it doesn't run. Nope. Don't run yet. Oh man, you don't have no radiator. You know, it's kind of like they're trying to put this thing together and make it functional and uh, they're getting there. They're getting there. So it's a good thing to see these things showing up. I mean, it's kind of like we talk about knowledge. Once you get new knowledge and your mind changes its parameters and never goes back to the original, it's kind of the same way with, with these types of this, this, aspect of these types of laws um in that you know once they get for them to stick around for them not to well i guess to greatly diminish the chances that they're going to get reversed or someone's going to go in the other direction ever what's really necessary is for them to get put into place in a functional manner and uh get these things hashed out and for them to take such drastic steps um to the positive in getting somewhere and getting their mind you know, in the right place and getting this to work in a functional way. Um, I think it's a positive step. So we'll keep an eye on New Mexico and hope they continue to bring us good news. Cool. Hey, what's, uh, what's going on in your neck of the woods there? You know, there wasn't a lot. I almost didn't include this because it's the holidays and it's kind of like, man, what a bummer. But you know what? That, that it, upon realizing that, I thought, well, I'm definitely going to put this on here because it is the holidays and this is a really big bummer. And these people may have been involved with some illegal activity, but you know what? It's cannabis, and it, their their family's in a big problem. An entire family was arrested in Illinois on a marijuana bust here recently. Um, it's an interesting story. Um, they were accused of running a million-dollar designer marijuana grow operation from their home. <laughs> and you can bet <laughs> yeah. your bottom dollar yeah. this one was entirely sophisticated you know it was yep <laughs> i don't know how to say this last name but you know what i think i'm not even gonna say it but this gentleman uh 52 years old his wife uh was 52 their son was 27 and another relative of theirs uh 22 year old were all charged after the police busted their grow up it was a 7,000 square foot home um in an unincorporated area near tinley park and uh according that's according to the cook county sheriff's officials, if you choose to believe those guys. Um, sheriff's detectives said they began investigating the family earlier uh, in the month um, after intercepting a package of marijuana buds that was addressed to the home. So within this story, let me just tell everybody out there, the number one thing you do not ever, ever do if you have a grow operation is have anything illegal delivered to your grow do not do that, people. Don't ever do that. If you want to get your your the morality issues or the legal issues or all of the issues involved with this activity or your choice to be, behave in such a way um, straight in your mind, then by all means, you should definitely do that, and I would encourage you to do that. But remain this 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 one point certainly would remain: never send anything illegal to a grow ever ever. 
period. And well, this family, unfortunately, is another example of exactly why that's so important. Um, as usual, the same things. Detectives claim they smelled a strong odor of pot. So, they you know, of course, that uh, and, and they saw drug paraphernalia, they say. And so that, of course, gave them uh, it was in supposedly in plain view, which gives them the right to. I hate to say it that way. It does t- legally, but it doesn't seem like it, it doesn't seem like it gives them the right to. But legally, that gives them the right to uh, come into your house and uh, do a search. And they did and found all this stuff. And uh, it's really a sad story. You know, I mean, for for cannabis, for growing a, uh, the plant, cannabis sativa, these mm-hmm. guys are going to have a really crappy, uh, less than um, quality Christmas experience. So that's what's going on with that one. But you know what? That's the reality of it. That's why we have to change things. That's why we get together and bring our energies and our passions and constructively funnel them into things like this audio program, for example, or the various issues that we're consistently uh, availing people to, um, ways to get involved. That's why Brandy Zink, who will be featured on our show soon, is involved. Ana DeVaris, uh, shoot, there's all kinds of them. You know, everybody we featured on our show, anybody that ever gets a ding, <laughs> you, know? you know. So, you know, th- this is... This is the importance of, of making a difference and making a change so we can uh, not have to deal with ridiculous issues like this. And, uh, you know, didn't want to leave them on a, on a, on a, a dim note, a negative note. So uh, we're going to, I think, uh, for the end of the show here soon, we're going to have uh, a little bit of humor, huh? <laughs> yeah, totally. It kind of, it kind of. Informational humor. Counterpoints nicely to that uh, that flex your rights video. Um. <laughs> it does. Is, flex your rights will tell you, and in a very qualified and helpful way. And we we fully uh, back what they're telling you we, um, here on the program. I I think it's safe for me to say. I uh, so check them out. That's what what to say to a cop. And this uh, ending piece is going to be uh, things to never say to a cop because um, it's not going to fare too well as you'll as you'll notice in the clip so stick with stick around for that one at the end of the show cool. and uh i believe uh unless i'm mistaken that is our show for today that is um, yeah we have the outro details which patrick uh would normally do but uh i did them for the top of the show so i think you can you can do the close jamie Awesome. Let me give this a shot. You can definitely get, hit us up on our website. It's CannabisAgenda.com. Please feel free to email us. Um, international listeners, I love you guys. I love you, International Cannabis Planet. I love you guys. I love you. I love you. Let us know what's going on. Let us know what you think about the show. You know, all the other listeners, we love all the input we get from you. Give us, uh, send us an email, um, suggestions, comments, praise. Um, you can tear us a new one. Uh, info at CannabisAgenda.com. Um, phone us. Um, you can leave a voicemail. Um, as we usually tell people, you know, if you, if you say, this is John Smith from whatever city in Connecticut, then we're not going to say that stuff. We're just going to say John unless you tell us. Say my whole name and, you know, and, and what to say on there, you know. But if you want to, you can leave a voicemail um, just to communicate with us or you can leave it and we'll try to play it on a show if we think it'll work. It's, uh, that phone number is 707-654-CANN. Um, that's uh, 2266. Um, we're also on iTunes. Please check us out on iTunes. If you do go to iTunes and decide that it's a very convenient um, way to get the show automatically downloaded um, via iTunes, um, 
If you do choose that route, please uh, be so kind. Uh, leave us a review there. Let people know what you think about the the show. I think so far we might be leading as far as cannabis shows. Um, we're at least uh, out there in the forefront. So that's a that's a positive thing. We appreciate your uh, listenership and support. Um, we're also on Twitter and Facebook. Um, Facebook is jamming, keeps getting bigger and bigger. That's a cool thing. Um, please like us on Facebook if you come to the Cannabis Agenda site. Um, tell your friends, of course, about the Cannabis Agenda. And uh, with that, I think number 43 is a wrap. Very nice. Uh-huh. So before we go, uh, I want to remind you about that clip. Stick around. Uh, and in the meantime, we'll see you next week. Thank you so much. Have an absolutely wonderful holiday. And uh, we'll go with you next time. All right, guys. Peace and pop. You've been listening to The Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast for an hour every Monday covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market-related information. You can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. Okay, officer, just to establish what we've summed up so far here, in response to your inquiries, no, I don't know exactly how fast I was going, no, I'm not on my way to or from a fire, and no, I don't believe that I'm Dale Earnhardt Jr., but those are all very clever and witty questions, and I assure you I'm thoroughly intimidated by you right now. And now, if I may, sir, I'd also like to take this time to say I'm sorry to you for whatever happened to you as a child that turned you into the colossal prick cop that stands before me. Children can be cruel. Adolescence can be such an awkward time in our lives, and clearly the physical and or mental abuse that you must have sustained during those formative years had a dramatic effect on your self-image and the person that you are today. This has rendered you little more than an insecure, vindictive douchebag on a power trip, and I totally understand that. Just look at yourself, sir. You're overweight now. I can only assume that you were probably a heavyset child. Children probably called you names like Lardass and Sir Porks a lot, and that's just not right. And on behalf of attractive, slender people everywhere, I just want to say we're sorry. Of course, a great deal of blame lies with the education system. They obviously didn't take into consideration your special needs. I mean, how are you supposed to keep up with the normal kids? You can barely string a sentence together. Think of how happy you would have been in a classroom with your mental peers. You'd just be there all day making things out of clay and elbow macaroni. How grand that would have been. Why couldn't they have realized that you're borderline retarded? So let me just apologize again on behalf of smart, slender people with normal-sized penises everywhere. Oh, there's no reason to deny it, sir. Your face says it all. How many women have outright laughed at the sight of what is surely your childlike genitalia? What other reason could you have for being such a colossal hand job of a man? So I am sorry, sir. I'm sorry you're a sadistic bastard who likes to intimidate people to feel better about his own pathetic existence. Well, I really feel like we cleared the air here. And if you'll excuse me, I'll be on my way. Step out of the car, please, sir. Okay, but I don't really see what else we have to talk about. <laughs> What? What? Why are you doing this? Come, I'm, I said I was sorry. I don't understand. Stop hitting the same place. Hit different places.